This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, and you're tuned in to Altitude Adjustment, and I am really excited about being back. How about you, Warren? You excited to be back? I am pumped up. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had an eventful start to the podcast, and and so we are we are good to go. Ah, oh, we uh, we we took a vacation for seven weeks, and I am definitely refreshed. Um, we spent some time weeks. working together, uh, Warren and I, huh? That was seven weeks. Yeah, that was seven weeks. That was seven nice. weeks. Nice. So, um, there we go. Yeah. <sighs> so, getting back into the swing of things, we started off, decided to start off with uh, uh, a, un- a, a good topic, I, I think. Uh, definitely one that's in the news. Um, uh, actually, at one, starting at 1 o'clock, I think it was about 1 o'clock, uh, NPR was streaming uh, Biden talking about Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I watched that, and I, t- I took a couple of notes um, uh, because we were definitely, you know, going to do that that this show today. Um, and some people, you know, might not see Afghanistan as a relevant or, you know, with the with the coronavirus and everything going on, and all of the things that we have to deal with, they may not um, see how significant that is. Um, but I, I think the the Afghan uh, issue is significant in the sense that we've got um, families that are have uh, members that, that are in direct harm's way because of this, you know, because of this conflict. And and I did want to take a look at it because I thought it was um, thought it was interesting. Um, uh, President, former President Bush, the the son, uh, made some mm-hmm. comments on it, and so my initial reaction was one of uh, kind of you know going you know you got us into this mess, and and then you know who, who wants, really wants to hear what you have to say, but I mean, I, I can understand, um, you know, one president does something and then successive presidents have to deal with it. So we've been in Afghanistan for what, uh, 20, 20, 20 years, 22 years, good 20 years. The whole thing goes back a good 40 years though. You know, I was looking at an article where, you know, it goes back to where the Soviets were Mm -hmm. there and, and they had a war and, Somehow we decided to get involved, and you know, endless wars is all it is. So we didn't learn. So the Soviets went over there. They wanted to install a Soviet-friendly Afghan mm-hmm. government. So they went in there thinking they're gonna uh, smack these Afghanis around. Yep. yep. And uh, they went away with their tail between their legs. Yep. Now. There is a there's an asterisk on this because the United States, this was back in 80 something. 79 was when the Soviets decided to go into Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. 
in the 80s, Ronald Reagan decided to poke his nose into Afghanistan. So the United States provided arms and support to the Afghanis Mm -hmm. against the uh, Soviets. So the Soviets wind up leaving. And as you you had mentioned, there was you know, some other conflicts that went on. They had uh, a civil war, some internal strife. Forever. There's always been stuff going on over there. And why we feel we can go over there and change it, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. Why do we think we can stop that stuff that's been going on for centuries? Well, so, so one of the things I think was interesting is that we watched the – uh, Russians get their ass kicked and get kicked out of it. And we know how big a power the Russians are. And all of a sudden we thought, well, we can kick their ass in. Right. So we go in and we get our ass kicked. And now we're trying to get out of it. I think that we felt that we can go over there and our um, our flavor would be more appealing to them and they would want to be more like us than the Russians. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, and democracy. So, it was about it was about democracy, so they say. Well, you when, know, when we went into Afghanistan, it was because of nine eleven. Well, yeah, yeah. But we stayed because we felt we had a chance at making it some sort of democratic uh, state. And, which and that's and that's. You know, one of the one of the things that you and I have talked about on many occasions is uh, getting involved into other countries' affairs with the intent to install the greatest system known to man. And as much as I love democracy, that doesn't mean everybody is ready for democracy. Mm-hmm. And so we go over there. We now twenty years, thousands of lives. Um. And the number I saw was $38 billion in aid and um, investments in Afghanistan. $38 billion. Mm-hmm. And now we got to turn around and walk away. Yeah. Is that, in, is that counting uh, all the weapons we left over there? I don't. Probably. I, I remember the number was associated with um, uh, foreign aid. And I'm thinking Foreign. humanitarian aid. Now, there may be, because you know the United States keeps two books. <laughs> of <Right>. course. <laughs> uh, the military has its own book. And then and then the, the general um, um, okay. budget awesome. has its own book. Yeah. So they don't, they don't write, the, they don't write the, the expenses from the military into the general budget. So, in other words, it's not transparent. It's not transparent. No. (laughs) And and I don't say that to be mean or sinister. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. It's it's a known fact, like you said, that they keep separate books and, and, you know, the public doesn't really know what's going on. You have to really dig to get those. Yeah, I'm saying that from the aspect that when Republicans talk about the budget, they don't include the military spending 
in uh-huh. their their numbers. So they basically will write a blank check to the military, right? And then, um, and then they want to um, nickel and dime domestic spending. Of course. So that that's what I mean by two books. All while giving huge corporate tax cuts. Well, yeah. So we can we can go down that road. <laughs> but but one of the things that that um, so so a lot of company countries do what they call saber rattling and all of this you know tough talk mm-hmm. and you know the bluster that kind of stuff. Um, so during Biden's press conference, Biden talked about uh, as the United States starts to get its people out of there that. Uh, that we have a over the horizon policy. His over the horizon policy means if we see something that concerns us, that um, that the United States needs to possibly go back in and uh, mitigate problems so that we don't have to see it on our own soil, um, we're gonna, you know, keep a view of what's going on in Afghanistan, and then go back in there if we have to. Now, mm. for some people, that may be comfortable, because the first thing that hit me is we're having to leave now because we couldn't militarily find a solution. Correct. Why would we be comfortable thinking? Because originally, when we went into Afghanistan, it was supposed to be like a week and done, wasn't it? Well, I'm sure they were planning on going in and out, but right. I don't know. Who, who knows behind the scenes what they were thinking? You know, I don't know. So, so why would we think and even you know say, well, you know, if, if something flares up, we'll just go back in there and wipe them out. You know, we're still talking tough about this stuff. And militarily, we just got handed um, a big kick in the pants. Whooping. Whooping. I was trying to avoid saying that a second time, but you're right. We just got our ass kicked. Basically, Mm -hmm. we got our ass kicked. We went over there thinking we were militarily going to do what we wanted to do, that if we use enough force, mm-hmm. we could get done what we wanted to get done. We just learned force isn't always the answer. Yeah, I mean, that, we should have learned that from Vietnam. You just you just got to a point I was eventually going to get to. Well, we haven't learned. No, we haven't. That things are, you know, we... we uh, so we went into Grenada. We went in there. We grabbed our people. We come out. We think we can always mm-hmm. do that with anything, anywhere in the world. We've got the greatest military. We can gear up in minutes, be boots on the ground, go in, smack people around, and do what we want to and come out. <laughs> but we Not but, easily uh, done as said. Hmm? Not done as easily as I said. Right. We, we tend to forget those times when when we weren't able to go in and smack people around and get out. Exactly. 
Yeah. And so, and so we, all of that tough talking and, and the things that kind of bothered me a lot were like Liz Cheney, you know, um, people, and, and, and it's interesting, you know, a, a lot of the news outlets were painting, kind of painting Liz Cheney as the voice of reason in an otherwise insane Republican party. And yet she's sticking to those exact same talking points about military involvement that has always been a staple of the Republican party. Mm. Why didn't we, you know, we could have stayed there and, uh, uh, fixed these things. We turn and run and, and by getting out of there, that's going to encourage them to be more aggressive. Uh, that, that now they believe, you know, they can whip us. So they'll become more terroristic, uh, oriented. And the, the issue, the thing is we went in there thinking we were going to smack people around. We got our butts kicked and, 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 and you got to remember, um, Joe Biden was part of the uh, Congress that okayed Bush's let's go in there and smack these people around. He voted for that, that war, for that intervention, for going over there and that military action. Sure. I'm not saying we have to cower or um, not get involved, but we should be more thoughtful Hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't agree with it then. And so it may sound like I'm saying, you know, afterwards, after we've gotten beat around, that, you know, we shouldn't have gone in. I, I said it at the time. Um, I think that we are, we see aggression and force as the first option for resolving problems. And we learned a lesson hard twice. If we've learned the lesson. Big if. Right. If we've learned the lesson. If we don't immediately think that we're going to be able to, you know, use technology our way into solving the world's issues. Well, what do you think happens after, let's just say we get all of those people out. We get them out safely, as many as we can. They go, the refugees go, come here, go other places. What next? The Taliban has taken over. So uh, do we admit our failure and move on? Or do we continue to make excuses for what we did and, you know, think that uh, we did the right thing. What are the talking points post uh, Afghanistan? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because we can't change anything that happened in the past. Yeah, for the past 20, 22 years, 21 years, we fought a war and um, we aggressively fought the war. 
It wasn't like we were tipping. In 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 the Vietnam era, we eased into that. Mm-hmm. We didn't ease into Afghanistan. Right, right. And there were a couple of instances where we um, reappropriated resources to put them into Afghanistan via the uh, surges. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, one of your questions was, do we reevaluate now? Mm-hmm. So the question, so I, I look at the question and I ask myself, are there examples of us as a country, the United States, looking at an action that we've performed um, internationally. And then we look back and said, hey, you know, we could have handled that better. We could have done something differently. You know, uh, we've learned from that and we're going to make better decisions. Right. I can't think of one. Can you think of one? What, better decisions? An instance where, because your question was, do we do we look at that and learn from it? And the, and the only way you can learn from something is admit. You got to first admit that it didn't that you that you it didn't go right, that you screwed up. Well, that's true. That's true. I think I think the whole world knows we screwed up because they're looking at the big failure, you know, and the state of things right now kind of proves that. But here's the problem I see here in the United States. We talk about admitting that we screwed up with the political divide that we have in this country now for a long time. It's just going to be one big blame game on who screwed up, which party didn't do the right thing, which official didn't do that. They're, they're not going to look at it objectively and say, this is what went wrong. We should have did it. It's going to be who didn't do their job, who screwed up. It's going. To, we're too divided to even come together, in my opinion, to to assess this properly. And so I agree. So so that in, in answer to your question, no, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna learn from it. No, I, think I agree. I think we're gonna as a we're gonna see that we're gonna play that blame game. Um. So this started under Bush, ended under, uh, went through Obama, mm-hmm. um, and is is possibly ending under Biden. Now, the reason I say possibly, of course, <laughs> he just talked about over the horizon that if we have a reason to go back in there, we're gonna go back in there and we're gonna eliminate the threat. Right. Right which is a sign of saying, you know what? I haven't had enough. I still think we're tough. I still think that we're badass. I think that we, we, we have a, uh, we still have a military solution to this issue. Yeah. Well, uh, they can think that and they can keep trying, but the, the results are going to be the same because they don't have the power or the will to defeat the Taliban on their own. 
And the only way we can defeat them over there is to just blow up the whole country and kill them all, which is not not a good thing to do. So where do you go? You know, we've we've gave them unlimited assets, all sorts of weaponry, all sorts of training over the 20 years, and they still couldn't defeat the Taliban. How much more could we have done? Okay. What's missing? Okay. I mean, we gave them the money, we gave them the weapons, we gave them the training, yet and still, they couldn't hold it down. What more could we do? We can't <clears throat> occupy it forever. <clears throat> and that's And that's where I think you and some people differ. And there are some people who believe... Um, that we should that wherever we go, wherever we land, and we have boots on the ground, that we stay there until we get the result that we want. Right, right. We want to be that occupying force uh, in a hostile territory against the will of I don't know if I, it's safe to say the majority of the people. I mean, do numbers matter, or is it a matter of right or wrong? Should we? stand up and say, well, the Taliban's wrong because they are Muslims, they want Sharia law, we can't have that. Well, it's not our land, first of all. You know, are we going to go over ch in China and say, well, they're communists, they don't treat people right, we need to overthrow their government? We do that now. Hmm? We do that now. Over Try to overthrow China? We, we're saying... And you can hear it on the nightly news, how how uh, China is a um, human rights abuser. And, oh, sure. And they're doing this wrong, and they're doing that wrong, and they're bad. And the, the People's Republic of China is horrible, and um, and they're oppressing their people. And you know, we got this issue with Taiwan. Um, oh yeah. And so and so you you're saying who, who's the next enemy? I'm saying. But that's all talk. Huh? <laughs> that's just talk. Oh, we're, okay. We aren't about to go knock on China's door and say, we're coming over here to take over. We're going to change things. That's, that's, we can talk. They can talk on Fox News or whatever all day long what they don't like. But well, what, what, do you, what do you think of the skirmishes that have, been, have happened in the South China Sea? Well, we've gotten into it, and you know, well, it has it hasn't broken out into any kind of armed action, but you know, they've sank boats, uh, shot down planes. We've shot down, you know, shot boats and planes, and you know, yeah. and and we drew the line here, and you can't build there, and I, you know, what is that? What do you? I know you're saying it's talk. I I say it's action. To me, that's action. And they're pushing the limits. But the bottom line is, uh, will there be a war? Do you think there's going to be a war? It'll ever come to a war? I don't know if it will come to a full scale. I think, and and I I think I've said this before. Um, when you've got two nuclear powers the size of the United States and China, uh -huh. they both realize that there is zero benefit to escalating that high. Mm -hmm. that somebody actually goes to DEFCON 1. 
Right. But we're building smaller and smaller nuclear weapons. We're building more targeted. Uh, so now we can have drones. Mm-hmm. And, it, we, and we could take out um, we could take out a license plate anywhere on the planet. When you start getting that kind of technology, at some point you say, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see if we could take out this guy or that guy. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you can. We, we got can. an ally that wants to go in and, and kill uh, Iranian military. You know, they want to they want to bomb um, nuclear plants. And wh- where do you think that that all ends? You, you think that the neighbors of Iran or, or anyone sympathetic to Iran is going to let Israel just go in there and, and blow shit up? And Probably that, that, that escalate? Probably not. So then, you know, you get a small mishap leads to something a little bigger. You know, the next thing you know, it gets bigger. Then here comes the big boys stepping in with their mass weapons of mass destruction, threatening, making threats, or you know, sending uh, thousands of troops over to um, occupy a land. And here we are again, you know, right back where we started. And so, and so, when you say it's all talk, I understand what you mean. It hasn't escalated to a large scale in uh, operation. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. I guess I tend to look at um, if you have a piece of paper on your desk and I push it off on the floor, that's not physically attacking you, but that's right. definitely provoking you. Sure. And it's only so many times I'm going to be able to push your paper, that paper off onto the floor before you say enough's enough. Right. And so all of these mini skirmishes, all of these little um, uh, tiny tete-a-tetes, to me, is it's physical. I said it, you know, with uh, um, the former president. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you only get to call me a sissy so many times. <laughs> right. You know. Men understand what what's going on there. Yeah. I'm not going to let you emasculate me, and you're not going to let me emasculate you. So it's just a matter of how many times does those little bitty tiny aggressions add up to a bigger problem. Yeah. Interesting you, you, you mentioned men. <laughs> because there have been people talking about and a lot of people talking about putting more women into positions of power okay because they see differences in women's attitudes and behavior and thought processes. Now, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing, but I'm just throwing that out there because you said men. 
most world leaders are men. You do have a few women now, but I think the world is pushing the envelope wanting to see more women in power. What's your thoughts on that? Okay, so we'll, we'll I'll move to that. Power corrupts. It's going to corrupt men. It's going to corrupt women. Okay. People are people. I want something done. And if we're equal, and I can't make you do what I want you to do, and you can't make me do what I want you to do, then it's a stalemate. Mm -hmm. If I'm bigger than you, and I don't care if you're a man, I don't care if you're a woman, I don't care if you're a they, a them, you know, just just bringing in the, the um, pronoun issue into this. It doesn't matter. Okay. Fair enough. If I'm bigger than you and I want something done, eventually something's going to come up that I want done that you're not going to give me and I'm not going to stand for it because I don't have to. Because I can go do it and take it from you and you can't do anything about it. So I, while I do acknowledge that women seem to be less testosterone driven than men and testosterone drives aggression. Okay. While I, I do acknowledge that there is something about having power over someone else that I think is appealing to both sexes. Okay. So, so while there may be this, let's say we have this continued growth in um, women of power, women taking over um, positions of authority and governance mm -hmm. as leaders. Um, you still have mean girls. You still have women who bully other women. That's not going to stop because they become head of a company or head of a country. Bullies are bullies. They're bullies by nature, not by position. So, so, you know, as much as I, I'm not saying, you know, don't put women into positions of power. I just don't think they're going to be any less uh, susceptible to pushing each other around because they're women. Okay. I think at this particular point, women have, women are coming from a position of, fighting for their independence. And when you're fighting to reach a level of um, equality, you may tend to be less aggressive in putting forth your, your ideas and message. And it may be that uh, right now, uh, as they gain more um, 
acceptance as as equals in our society. I, I, you know, some people will fight me on that that it's not they're, they're not. Um, but I, but I think um, you know the more that we move towards uh, uh, everybody being equal and accepted, I think then personalities will start to be um, the issue. And and I think. You know, if, if I'm bigger than you, I'm faster than you, and I'm stronger than you, um, then I may use that power um, uh, selfishly. And I, I don't think that that changes men or women. Well, even if that be the case, do you think that a lot of people would uh, still look at the person's uh, gender and when they make a judgment on their behavior? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think that's a part of our, our nature as human beings is that we, uh, we we look at someone different than we are. So men are gonna look at women differently. Um, tall men are gonna look at short men differently. Uh, you know, there's just those differences that we're going to associate characteristics with. And, and in that case of, of women's gender, yeah, I think, I, think, I think there's going to be those associations that people are going to impose upon them simply because they're women or simply because they're short women or simply because they're tall women or simply because they're, they have dark hair or they have light hair. I, I, just, I just think that that's a part of how we, we react to things uh, so, so when we talk about, and to, to bring this back to the original Afghani issue, you know, um, we associate certain behaviors because like you've associated certain behaviors with the Middle East or with the East or, you know, Afghanistan, because you're saying, you know, they've, for thousands of years, they've, for the same thousand years, we were over in the West, we were fighting, we were beating each other senseless. There was there, um, uh, America and uh, England have imperialism. They've been trying, they've been taking over countries. They've been, you know, ruling with an iron fist. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, so, so, no so the idea that, um, that we'll associate qualities with someone different than us is quite real. It just, it just is. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Um, uh, human nature um, throughout history, uh, when you look at countries or nation states, whatever you want to call them, uh, they're known for having certain patterns of behavior throughout centuries or spans of time. And I think, um, you know, I was alluding to the situation over there in the Middle East with a, that culture in Afghanistan. But I think we have our own here. You know, we have our own patterns of uh, the way we treat each other, mm -hmm. just dominance, uh, control, power. You know, we're, we're not a um, uh, classless society by any means. You know, it's very divided. Things are, you know, mm -hmm. economically, socially, mm -hmm culturally and so uh, a lot of people feel like when it comes to war 
the um the spoil not not the spoils but the um sacrifices are pan out differently you know look at how many uh these politicians or these uh wealthy people are forced to uh send their children to war they you know like during the draft when we had the draft you know how many of them didn't have to go it was a lot of uh vietnam perfect example uh, a whole lot of young men from the hood uneducated poor were forced into the draft while the upper class a lot of them had other options you know well i'm going to go to college i'm you know they'll pay somebody and not get drafted or whatever you know uh things are not really fair so i think certain people will look at war and the casualties of war in a different uh light you know i know a lot of guys that came back from nam strung out on drugs uh couldn't get a job you know different things like that so i think uh certain people are looking at uh our involvement in these conflicts differently as well okay uh so 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 you touched on you know some issues um i, I don't think that um you know, people in other societies are any more violent or any more um, biased than anyone else. It's a, it's you have to work at it. You have to work at it every day. It's a, it's a, it's easy to, um, like like your family. Um, do you treat people outside your family the exact same way you treat your family? So, like, if your family does something to you that pisses you off. You know, you don't go smack them upside the head immediately. Um, but if somebody, to. but if somebody outside your family does the exact same thing, do you give them that same courtesy? You know, because I'm more familiar with. If I'm more familiar with someone, I'm more likely to give them a break because I understand their motivation. Uh-huh. If I don't, if I don't have a relationship with you, if I don't have a connection with you, I may be less likely to uh, to sympathize or empathize with you because I don't know your motivation. Right. And so, and so that then feeds into like, so this, this nationalism, you know, Americans are, you know, we're having this discussion now where, you know, this is how America is. This is what our culture is. Well, a lot of times in that discussion, you know, we, we, we think that because they're Americans that we understand their motivation, that we, that we you know, give them, le- give them more latitude to do things that we would not give latitude to someone else, like, say, the Afghanis. Mm-hmm. So... So what we really need to do as people is do the work of understanding that that we all have influences in our lives that make us the same while we are different. Some taller, some shorter, some lighter, some darker, some heavier, some lighter, 
All of those things are characteristics that don't necessarily define the person. But we have a yeah. tendency to use those characteristics to impart upon them things that we believe uh, they're susceptible to. That's like you know the belief that women are necessarily weaker, mm -hmm. while there is the the, phys the physical difference of you know can a, a man and a woman um, you know you don't put men and women in the same boxing ring for physical reasons, right? But women can box; they can sure. be just as tenacious a boxer as any man. But there are, but but we also don't put 150 pound boxers in the ring with 220 pound boxers because we understand that people are different and that those differences aren't always necessarily gender. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's all sorts of variables when you look at uh, comparing people in different groups and categories and what's how how they should be matched up you know and how you we should how we should deal with them yeah you know how how do how do we see them okay well going back to afghanistan okay Going forward, where do you where do you see um, the country as a whole under Taliban rule? No idea, none whatsoever. How much should we be concerned about it in America? I I think we should be concerned because we're global citizens. But Afghanistan is an autonomous country. Sure. They have their own belief system. They have their own customs. They have their own culture. And I have a tendency to believe we respect it. The way you respect someone is by accepting who they are and not trying to make them who you want them to be. I agree 100%. So, if the Taliban do things that the rest of the country does not like. We can't jump up and go, <clears throat> we don't, we want for you to not have to deal with the Taliban. So we're going to come in and fix it for you. Even though you didn't ask us to fix it for you. That's that, mm -hmm. that mansplaining stuff. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, a woman asks a question. Um, how do I screw this in? Well, I'll do it. And I screw it in. Mm -hmm. That's not what she asked. She asked how. She asked how. She has every plan to, to screw that in her damn self. And you should respect that. Okay. So my do thought you, is. Huh? You think the United States. States as a nation 
is, is short on respect or sometimes disrespectful to uh, other countries? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely. You know, something that, that really got to me and I was scratching my head trying to figure out why they did it or is was it actually intentional? Do you remember uh, the last couple of days there was this white female reporter. I can't remember her name. I should I should have had it covering the news. The first thing came to my mind was why on earth would they put a female reporter in the midst of all this chaos after the ta Taliban has taken over? Seems a little bit in your face to me. So I mean, I give her credit for having the heart to do it, but I'm like, what are they trying? What's the message here? And I and I think I fully understand. I I, um, I read a couple of articles, and I uh, I'm like you. I can't remember the young lady's name. Uh, they're pushing her as you know. Her reporting is so wonderful in in this, in the wake of this this thing, and and she's going through the country. Um, so there's a couple of things. Is it in your face? It can be. If if the Taliban hasn't told her to get out, and they're willing to talk to her, I think more power to her. Right. And I think we should recognize her efforts because she most certainly is doing a supreme job of getting information to help us understand the situation in the face of overwhelming adversity. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I commend that. Um, if the Taliban said, you can't, we, you can't, you're a woman. You can't come here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then uh, we decide to give her a military escort so she could do it. That's something totally different. Yeah, that's that's going another step. But I, you know, I just looked at it like I'm not sure why they felt 100% that she would be safe in that environment. And that's my main concern. It mm -hmm. was her safety. You know, I have no problem with a woman doing the, a, a terrific job wherever, but it just seemed like in that instance, in that circumstance, they might have been putting her a little, little too much in, at risk, and that was my concern. And 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 I and I'm I I'm also um, you know believing that that that's a concern, but you know until there's a problem, right now she's. Um, you know, she's, she's talking to folks. They're talking to her. They're willing to yep. talk to her. Actually, that to me is a good sign that they're, that they may have a softening of their positions on women. That is a pot. Well, that's a possibility, but I really think time will tell on that. Sure. I think time will tell so we can hope for the best for sure. We can agree to hope for the best, and I, I truly hope for the best, but 
when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are are they gonna uh somebody gonna get so pissed off they just decide to just go ahead and snatch her and pull her off from away from the camera and I don't know, man. I was you know. Yeah. It could be an issue. Much, maybe too much was going on for them to really be that concerned at the time too. Well, they had their hands. And again, full. you know, um they may want the West to see mm-hmm. what she has to tell. And that's quite all right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's quite I, all right. You know, it, it was a, it's definitely going to go down in history for sure. Sure. It's going to go down in history that they put this woman out there in the midst of all that with the Taliban in full control, pretty much. And she was able to do her job without being, uh, harmed, you know, it, it took a little bit on both sides to, um, let that happen and down the line, um, who knows, I guess we'll, we'll see. It's, it's going to be, it's going to take some time to really see because we aren't out of there completely yet. My biggest problem with the whole thing is the fact that our government pulled out leaving all those people there when they could have orchestrated that ahead of the move of getting all those troops out. They should have gotten those people out while they could have safely done it. And I don't understand why they did it that way. So I'm, I'm going to, on our lack of intelligence, I'm going to say there are things that they know that I, that I don't. And so and so rather than um, rather than paint them negatively, and, and, and I'm not trying to say anything against what, you, what you're saying, I'm just saying for me, um, I think that, those, that the people in those positions are smart people. And if things did not go the way I think that they went from the outside, my mm-hmm. first thought is, what am I missing? Sure. They're smart people, so why didn't they do that? So so I want to know more information about what was hampering them from doing that. Because I've we've been in military operations since the start of this country. And so mm-hmm. we've learned things. And so if if that things if those things went down and people got left or people you know, they didn't get them out of there right there was a reason and all i want to know is what that reason was so that i can be comfortable that we're continuing to develop military intelligence and that it doesn't become an oxymoron that military intelligence is intelligence and not just a word Um, because I, i i firmly believe even though we got our ass kicked in Afghanistan, and I'm saying it again since I said it at the beginning because I believe we got our ass kicked. Even though we got our ass kicked, we're still intelligent people, and we understand. Uh, we're going to learn from this. Why did they do what they did the way they had to, to do it? I'm thinking sometimes uh, the way you have to act is because the set of circumstances was presented to you and you did the best you could with what you had. 
I think I think firmly believe that this country tries to uh, protect citizens. And so if there were some citizens that were left unprotected, there was a reason for it. It just didn't it just didn't happen because um, uh, a general decided hell to hell with him. We're going to get our people out of here and we're going to go. I just I just I don't believe that. Sure, sure. I, 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 I would truly like to know why they did why that effort failed as far as getting those people out, you know, mm-hmm. and so maybe they will know. Well, you know, maybe we will know. There are maybe. things that there are things that cannot be shared with the cannot be shared with the public, and there are things that can be. Mm-hmm. And so, those things that can be shared, I do hope they share. Uh, those things that they can't be shared, hopefully, they can give us a good enough reason why we we should not pry anymore. Because sometimes asking questions, um, you may not really want the answer. But you don't know until you ask the question and get the answer that you didn't want. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Um, so my, will... my last thing that I wanted to cover was so so presidents and and you know people doing uh, press conferences all the time. Uh, they know what they're going to speak on and they know when they're going to leave, and the press knows that. So I'm watching the the um, Biden conference press conference. He turns, he walks away, and as predictable, reporters are screaming questions. Everybody's trying to overscream the the other person, and they're yelling at each other. And and my thought is, that is some really uncivilized shit. But the thing is, occasionally, they're screaming out these questions. Mm -hmm. They'll get a response. If you feed something, it will survive. (laughs) So if you say, this is the end of the conference, I'm done, and you walk out, they can ask any question that they want to ask, but you know what you do? You keep walking. (laughs) Eventually, They'll stop that crap. So, did he keep walking, or did he? He did on this time. Okay, he did, he did this time. He did this time. <laughs> but, but, but I've seen so many conferences where one question will get through, and they'll turn, and they'll come back, and they'll answer that question, and they'll get all indignant or whatever they're going to get. I'm saying, so, you can ask me that question. I got to have the. I, in order to keep this kind of insanity from happening, if I'm going to come out and I'm going to answer 15 minutes of question, then 15 minutes, I'm done. 15 minutes, right, I got to right, walk right. away. But for some people, Leon, it's uh-huh. said than done. <laughs> I, I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I understand how difficult it is. I have that weakness. If well, sometimes you push they the ask right button, they push the right button. If you push the right button, they're gonna react. <laughs> and and so I get it. I get it. I get it. And that's why we have that situation where they're screaming questions at each other. Uh, and I understand right. it's a contentious situation. You know, they're asking questions, they're trying to get information, and you turn and walk away, and you're their source of information, they need to get your attention. 
you know, I just think I just think that this whole process can be better managed so that we don't see. And I don't mean cut the camera off just so you don't see reporters screaming questions at each other at the at the potential, you know, person. I'm saying the process should be better. Right, right. Well, the, these reporters work for particular outlets for, for the most part, correct? Yeah. Shouldn't, uh, if the outlet actually cared, all they'd have to do is say, give them some marching order and say, okay, when be respectful. When it's over, it's over. And, and, and don't yell out after the fact. If they wanted that control, I mean... That's who you work for. If they say, don't do it, would you still do it? <laughs> so, so let me get this right. We are in a, um, um, money comes first society. Okay. What I print in my paper, what I show on my news what mm -hmm. I play in the audio mm -hmm. is going to determine if I get more money. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, and you want me to tell my people to just be nice. Be nice. If they don't want to talk to you, it's okay. Just walk away. Okay. <laughs> is that what you're asking? They're not going to get the money being nice. They're not going to get it being nice. Yep. Push the buttons and make him make him turn around and say something and make him turn around and say something. That reporter, that reporter that got the person to turn around and say something is going to be in the news and the organization right. that they work for is going to get advertising. You know, nobody's going to tell them, don't you be nice. <laughs> and if they do, it's wink, wink. <laughs> it's wink. you know, be nice, wink, wink. That's just like telling those uh, ladies we were watching on Twitch to dress properly. Covered. Oh, did you have to go there? I am so not going to answer that. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not touching that with a pole. You'll get money. You'll still get I'm ten thousand. I'm not touching viewers. that with a pole. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, huh? All right. I'm. I'm done. You got anything else you want to add? I, I'm done. We'll until tomorrow. Uh, you know, oh, get you know what? I got We got a couple of minutes because we started a little okay. late. Um, so there were a couple of things I want to touch on real quick. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with them. All right. The the courts in that, that Arizona recount have okay. said those people have to the cyber ninjas have to turn over what documents that they have. What do you think's coming out there? What do you think's happening with that? The cyber ninjas. Right. They did their recount in Arizona for the presidential uh, election that happened in November. Okay. They want to see the data or whatever they got. Yeah, the courts are saying. So there was a, a request for information filed, mm -hmm. and they had to go to court to get the people to, to turn over the information. Mm -hmm. So about the recount, what do you think is happening? What do you think is anything good going to come out of that? Anything bad going to come out of that? Ooh, I have no idea. Um, 
Well, I, you know, I would be a little, I'm not going to say embarrassed, I'd be a little surprised and shocked to learn that the Democrats cheated. I, I'm with you. I don't. I don't know what's going to come out of it. I just think it's going to be interesting to see what they've they've been spending the last six months doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and they had to be what taken to court to uh, turn it turn it over. Turn the information over. So apparently, it wasn't in their favor. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and so my last thing is, um, have you have you followed the hunt for the new Jeopardy host? No, but uh, on James Corden, or one of those, I think it was a late night, some talk show, they were actually showing the numbers, the breakdown of the vote percentages, and I'm like, LeVar Burton was still at the top kicking ass. Now, why am I hearing that he's not going to get the job? What's up with that? You know, I, didn't, I don't follow it that close. But I ran across an article on HuffPost today. It's on the scroller down below, and I, I put a link in the um, in the, the show notes for the podcast. So the, the guy that they did pick, and I, and I, this was a it was really interesting to me. So the guy that they did pick, he was uh, executive producer of the show. So and he was actually part of he was taking part in. Um, uh, auditioning, uh, you know, people for that role. Uh-huh. So, so the, the Sony has taken a hit because people are saying, oh, you're going to use this guy who was the one helping to decide who was going to be there. So, you know, it, the fix was in. Right. Now, with that aside, there was, so this guy has a podcast he's he was uh he was on the um let's make a deal show with drew carey okay while he was on the, the drew carey show there were a couple of discrimination lawsuits uh women claiming that he uh um treated them poorly he created a hostile environment etc is this the guy that that they're that's going to Projected to be the winner that they're trying to put in there. Well, they they had they had selected him. He oh. already started taping the first show, right? And then he had to resign, or oh, then he resigned because of the, because of this thing blowing up in his face. And my the very first thing that came to my mind was, with all of the crap that's been going on with people's history, why would you not? thoroughly vet somebody's past because apparently they didn't either missed it in their vet vetting process or did not catch it. I think that's the same thing. Anyway, they either ignored it or they missed it. And I thought it was interesting that they put a candidate up there. Um, the fact that he worked for the show should have disqualified him because it was instantly going to be, everybody was saying the fix was in. There was yeah. no way that that was not, that the fix was not going to be seen as being right. in by picking somebody that was already on the show. 
So, so I, I, I think, I think they, they pooched that all the way around. I think Sony blew that big image. Time. I can't, I can't say that's uh, unethical, but just the, just the image, the look of that. Just the look good. of that was yeah. really nasty. Yeah. All right, we're ready to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow at two o'clock. I'm Leon Davis with Warren Harper. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. All right. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment, and thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv. Time for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment, because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.